All right, hey guys, we're here. It's Mike Courtney and Steve Parisi here, Financial Fridays, doing a little life chat. Uh, Steve is the president and CEO of IBC Global. And everybody, I, I'm, I'm assuming if you're getting this, you know me, I'm a brokerage director with Mass Mutual Eastern Pennsylvania. Been in that role for about eight years now. And Steve and I have worked together probably the last six or seven years. Um, you know, crazy times that we've been going through these last few months, and we've both managed to stay busy and servicing clients and keeping our pipelines active. So we want to talk about that a little bit today. Um, if you know anything about my business, it's a lot of whole life insurance, a lot of permanent life insurance solutions um, that can look like a variety of different things. Uh, I know that Steve's activity and clients and pipeline look very much the same. How, what do you think it is? What attracted you to this business, Steve? Um, you know, there's the, there's a lot of advisors that are more focused on assets under management, more focused on um, accumulating assets through the stock market. Life insurance is a you know more of just a, a pure protection vehicle for them. W what drew you to this? Yeah, yeah, good question. So um, when I first got in the industry, a uh, friend said, "Hey." Try it. Your try the life insurance business. Get your license. So I, <laughs> that's when I got into the industry right out of college, and initially uh, worked for a company about nine months just selling Medicare supplements and hated it. Wasn't my personality. Horrible at sales, and they're just saying push the product, and it, it didn't work out. Let's put it that way. Um, but after that, uh, interviewed at a, a couple companies, um, Mass Mutual, Guardian, uh, among a, a few others, and. Just in getting into the, the whole life side of the business, cash value life insurance, um, started in, in sales like everybody else, but quickly gravitated towards um, software. Had to model policies out uh, through the illustration software with different companies, and uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit and picked it up and learned how to maximize cash value and flexibility with different companies. Um, and I built policies out for advisors I worked for. First on the individual side, uh, then worked at a group where it was on the corporate side, got a lot of valuable experience and insight and to see how corporations model policies for maximum cash value. Uh, so did that for a while, got experience and then kind of took that, that model, just the idea of, hey, you can do all this stuff with whole life insurance for maximum cash value that the ultra wealthy do, big corporations that are interested in the cash. The death benefit has a place too, but they're interested in the cash, all the benefits there. And like you or I can do the exact same thing that they do, just with a, a smaller dollar amount or however much you're paying in. It's all relative. It depends how much you want to be able to pay into a policy per year. My point being is as uh, I took that knowledge to the individual market, uh, and just kind of grew it and then learned you know, how to, to market and interact with people more and more as we've grown it over the years. But you know, the, the part I like about it, what kind of got me into running my own business was just seeing, here's what the wealthy do. People putting in boatloads of cash into life insurance for the, the cash benefit, but everybody wonders like, okay, like why do they do that? Because I get proposed a whole life policy and I don't want it, it looks horrible. 
and then the guy worth 10 million bucks or 100 million bucks is putting a ton of money in there. There's a reason for that. So it's just more so education. Hey, we can set up a policy where it looks great. It's just more so knowing how to do it. So where do you think, I always wonder about this, where is that disconnect? So most of, well, not most of, but a lot of the situation scenarios that I work on are very high net worth individuals, um, family legacy planning, where there's a history of, you know, kind of generational planning in place yeah. or well-established businesses um, who are run by really savvy forward-thinking people. And these are the types of products that they're using. Now, they're not exclusively using permanent life insurance for their planning, but they, it, it's, a, it's a part of the portfolio. It's an asset class they are attracted to for a variety of reasons. Why hasn't that always translated to, um, every, you know, day folks, people that we're running into on a daily basis? There's always, there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, maybe mistrust or a lot of misleading information ever, out there. What do you think the disconnect has been? Yeah, good question. I mean, a lot of it, is definitely just, a, I'll call it marketing out there. Um, and when I do you know, trainings and such for agents, you've got your, your three types of life insurance. You've got term, universal, and whole life. And term's easy to market. You turn the TV or drive to work and you get radio ads and TV ads nonstop for it. Universal life, uh, that is easier to market as far as the, the whole tax-free retirement play down the road. We see a lot of IUL guys do that. But then whole life has had a, I call it a, a bad rap, just a lot of negativity around it for a long time, whether it's the returns are low, it under delivers, whatever it might be. And like what I found why people with a lot of money will do it, and not everyone else always does, they read an article online or they're proposed a policy. You know, if you were to ask, you know, if I asked somebody down the street, hey, have you ever been presented whole life insurance before? Probably about 50% of the time they'll say, yeah, like I, I saw it. Like, did you move forward with it? No. <laughs> like, well, well, why not? Well, you know, I remember seeing the illustration or the proposal. He had me paying in 10 grand per year. I had zero in the beginning. And after 12 years, I finally see a little bit of a positive return. Like, I don't want to wait that long. Like, there's other things I can do with my money. I want to use it today to grow my business or for whatever it might be. So um, I ramble sometimes and you can always let me know. So where I'm going with this is really when you put a dollar into a, a whole life insurance policy, this is the piece that I found a lot of people aren't aware of, is you can choose how much of that dollar mainly purchases you life insurance and then how much goes into different riders that just immediately accelerate the cash value growth. It's accessible to the consumer right away begins to compound, and now all of a sudden it's a high yield savings asset that a lot of guys look at and say, hey, this is like an alternative to having money sit in cash. I get a better rate. If I do everything right, it's tax-free. It's a great savings asset. I can access it. It's more so just seeing, okay, I need to understand that when I put a dollar in, I'm not just buying life insurance. I can choose how do I minimize the money that goes towards life insurance and beef that cash up and then all of a sudden they see it like, wow, I, 
I want that. How, how do I move forward or how do I optimize it? Yeah. I'm always surprised when advisors show clients illustrations that look like just base premium, death benefit, no other kind of solve. Because really a lot of like, you know, permanent life insurance, cash value life insurance is a death benefit solution. It's going to protect your heirs. It's going to pass tax-free to your family in the event of your death um, or whatever your beneficiary situation may be. But if you're not showing how you can use the cash in the future, even if it's just hypothetical situations, I really think you're missing the boat. So um, how do you, you know, if someone's a neophyte or someone is uh, – you know, just primarily interested in this is death benefit, this is my, um, you know, my investments in the market. How do you show them how you can use that cash value inside the life insurance policy, how it works, the timeliness of it? Flows with everything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So really the, the core benefits to a cash value life insurance policy, this is what I'll, I'll say to someone kind of the, the 30 to 60 second elevator pitch call it, is hey, the core benefits to the cash value itself, when you look at it, is it is a safe, liquid, tax-free area to position money, a tax-free term if it's set up properly, we don't mech it or do anything stupid. But safe meaning it's not tied to the market, liquid, you can access at any time, and then you've got the tax-free provision, you can do a lot with the, the tax benefits. And then a unique feature that a lot of people aren't aware of is that once a dollar passes through the cash value of a life insurance policy, if it's earning, call it 4% or whatever it's compounding at, regardless if you let that dollar stay in the policy and compound at 4%, or if you borrow against the policy, you continue to earn that same 4% compounding on the money as if it were still there. There's no lost opportunity cost. So always compounding, it's a lot like real estate if we borrow against an appreciating asset where you've got the compounding continuously. So a lot of people, business owners, real estate investors say, okay, here's a nice place I can park money, continue to feed it, and then use the money to acquire more real estate, to invest in my business. Maybe they use it for stocks, whatever it might be, but it's a nice secure bucket to have funds, and then you can use it all the way through as well. Do you ever talk to folks about, you know, the, think about, you know, everything you just said sounds to me like that cash value proponent inside a life insurance policy looks like a, you know, your best performing bond investment account yeah mm -hmm. it's gonna have, it's tax-free um, you're not expecting double-digit returns out of this account you want safe guaranteed growth uh, the whole life policy is it's guaranteed to perform at a certain level and then there's not guaranteed dividends where we expect it to perform a little bit better than that yeah um, do you ever talk to people about if they are placing money into a vehicle like this, they can adjust some of the rest of their yeah. stock market out. Do you ever get into that? Yeah, quite a bit with the guy that has money in bonds or in a fixed asset that says, okay, you know, the whole life component attracts me, but 
hey, my financial advisor said it only produces between one and 2%, or I read online, Dave Ramsey said there's a point and a half at best, whatever it might be. And that's, it, it, you get into the policy design setting up right there, um, which I tend to go into too much detail a lot of times in that piece. But really, and this is from my days in designing policies for corporations where they would do a lot of vetting and you'd have to have actual data that the whole life product performed. And to give you this, the short summary is when policies are set up right, optimized for cash value, and you're using one of the top companies that have this data on record, I mean, we've got a lot of evidence that supports policies that have lived for a long time that have produced between four and 6%. That's the net internal rate of return, the tax free yield at the end of the day. And that's with no risk. You know, whether 08 happened, whether you had money in the market over the past three months or in June right now, you don't have to worry about that because it just kept on compounding. So yeah, and it is kind of just bringing that to light because everything out there, 99% everything you'll see out there on radio shows, advertisements, uh, Google search, YouTube, whole life is negative, here's the poor performance. Yet there's data, we have it, and we try and always promote it, but it's, it's difficult because You've got whole life, that's the instant wall, but then it's like, oh, wait a minute, I pulled a curtain, I didn't know it could, could produce that four to 6% yield, or it actually has over time. It's just a means of, of setting it up right, which corporations have it set up right. It's more so you and me letting everybody else know you can set it up the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think moral of the story is there's a lot more going on here than people think. Yeah. Um, you need somebody like you or like me or, you know, like a variety of other really well-qualified people out there, um, someone who knows what they're doing and can help you position this in the right way. And it can fit for a variety of different needs. It's not, um, I mean, it's certainly not a niche product. I mean, you know, you see companies like Mutual, like New York Life, Northwestern, mm-hmm. Guardian, um, uh, this is what they're built on. And these are, you know, Fortune 100 companies yeah. who, uh, you know, employ thousands and thousands of financial advisors who are who are promoting their products. Yeah. Um, important for folks to understand how much power is there if you structure in the right way. Yeah. Um, and I think going forward, that's what what you and I are going to be here to talk about: how we can pull together the best possible solutions. We're here to help clients. We're here to help advisors as well. Um, And make sure that this asset class, uh, you know, at least becomes a small part of everybody's plan. It's got it. It's got a space everywhere. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and it's always the case when someone sees it, I'm sure you hear this every single day or every week is, oh man, if I would have known about this, that I could have done it this way. 10 years ago, I would have done it, but I wasn't shown that. I was shown, shown something else. You know, I just talked to an individual, young guy, does extremely well. Um, I think he's 33, 34. Um, I've kind of developed a friendship with him, but he he puts in a, a hundred grand per year. He's got the ability to, he, he's got a very flexible policy, but he had called me and he's, you know, like Steve, I hear about this. I was pitched on it before and it just wasn't for me. I'm not into paying money in for a long period of time. I had uh, some money I want to get in there, but I don't want to be committed to payments forever. Like, I don't get it, but 
I know something's there because I all see all these big hitters doing it. Like, what's going on here? So it's it's known, but it's just more so. He was proposed an option, said no, get lost. But then we show him a lot of times the same company, same product, just designed different. He's like, whoa, like that that looks good. How how do I start? Which is so interesting, right? So then it's like the you know setting it up right, making sure that that's transparent for the consumer, um, so they actually see the benefits. All right, so what I'm thinking is that uh, in the next couple of conversations, we really want to get into a little more nitty-gritty regarding policy design and some of specifically what you and your team do and the kind of solutions um, that they can drive for clients. Um, really want to get the word out about um, the power of whole life, the power of that cash value, some different usages, and where we can blend death benefit solutions and cash solutions and supplemental retirement income solutions. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that next week, and uh, you know, let's enjoy the rest of this week and and keep talking. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. All right. Take care.